stop and take a trip down on my block where you see hidden potential young minds sharper than pencil and ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you we standing with you we tackle issues like civic pride hate will cease to exist let's put our differences aside from my side to your side from dutch town to south side from penrose to north side from benton park to old north to west end the west side we bless when we step out we stand down rise up stand together wise up this is Stitch Cast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. This is a special edition of Stitch Cast Studio, The Divided City, titled Is St. Louis a Divided City? Why or Why Not? Featuring St. Louis Story Stitchers Youth Council alumni. So take a listen as they dive deep into this very important topic. Let's go! They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Hey everybody, it is Emira, Youth Program Director for St. Louis Story Stitchers here. Um, and we're so glad that you decided to tune into another episode of Stitchcast Studio. Today, we will be talking about um, a topic that you all have heard us probably talk about a few times before, and that is, is St. Louis a divided city? Why or why not? And today I'm with our alumni podcasters, Story Stitchers, um, and we'll just get the conversation going like that. Uh, I'm gonna say yes, and I'm I'm just gonna talk about just like one way it's divided, and we could talk about like how like, we could just bring up the Delmar Divide. Now there's uh, resources that St. Louis has tons of resources but it's not being distributed like properly to like everyone. And there's so many, like there's so many things that divide the city. And obviously like Story Stitches is a program to help be a bridge to build the community together. But uh, if we just talk about the Del Mar divide, that is one way, one major way that we can see like the city literally being divided like from having more resources to another side, not having as many resources. And that can go into like food scarcity and just a lot of other things, education. It's really crazy how this uh, city was built, but it was built with uh, keeping the rich rich and keeping the poor poor. Absolutely. I believe St. Louis is a divided city because just on the fact that like, like he was saying with the resources, you can tell based on the education system on how city schools are being taught versus on how county schools are being taught. Um, we all know about classes, lower class, middle class, and you already know upper class. Um, yeah, I just how I feel how it's divided by different classes and different ranks. Hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's divided. And like, basically, you know, like the rich and the poor, it's like when you go into a rich area, like, you know, like, you know, you about to be in a rich area just by looking at the environment and just like the surroundings and like in a poor area, like you can just tell what you are in, <clears throat> like just like once you get past that certain point, like you know what type of area you are to just by to look at your surroundings. And like, and it happens with race too. I'm not saying like, not oh, all white people are rich and everything, all black people are poor, but it's like more of the poor areas. It's like more like black people are in it and more of the richer areas. You could tell that it's more white people in it. And just like, it does that for the schools too. Like the public schools, it has like in the certain areas, like, oh, mostly black kids. Or it's just like, oh, mostly white kids are in a certain school too. So it's, it's just for everything. It's like divided, but not, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I feel like I feel like it's just a divided city because I know when I was growing up and I didn't have enough food in the house and all these all these different things, we would go to pantries. It's always the pantries and like the, you know what I'm saying, the poor neighborhoods. And uh, you would see a lot of, you know what I'm saying, black people there with their kids and all these different things. So I feel like it's very divided in the sense that we need uh, extra programs and things to give us resources because we don't have the, you know what I'm saying, we don't have the knowledge to get ourselves out of that, out of that place, out of that standard that we've been put in. Absolutely. I was feeling that like y'all kind of merged into each other. So what I want to ask, because... A few of you hit on it, but especially when you go, you can tell like where you are by just looking at the environment, you know? And for me, it's like looking, like, especially since I drive, it's like looking at the roads, you know what I'm saying? Like the potholes or looking at the buildings, the structure of them, um, how well they're being taken care of, or even just like the sidewalks and the grass, like, you know, is, is there trash on the sides of the, in the grass? You know what I'm saying? Different things like that, like how, how certain areas are taken care of, you know, or more time is spent taking care of these areas than other areas. And I want to ask you all, you know, as a young person growing up or even as a child growing up in St. Louis, how have, how do you think, you know, your environment affected you? Like, you know, your character, it could be positive or negative. And, you know, just growing up in St. Louis, especially in the city, you know, did it make you more aware of certain things? Like when you went outside of, you know, the city lines or the county or wherever you live, like, you know, did you pay attention to those things? And if you did pay attention to those things, like, you know, how did it make you feel once you went to an entirely different neighborhood and you came back to your neighborhood? Well, I could say that I used to date this girl that was in a different neighborhood than me. Then I was walking with like a hoodie on and on my head and everything. Then uh, once I was walking and I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings or nothing, I thought everything was cool. Like the place beside I was living on, it was cool. But on that side, I got a uh, shot on my back. Then, be, like way before that, I got robbed. But on my side, I can walk at that in that environment without paying attention to anything. Mm. That that's how, yeah. Yeah, that speaks yeah. volumes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for me, sometimes it's weird, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like some of us live in some of the worst neighborhoods, you know, if we're talking statistics and if we're talking numbers. Some of us live in the worst neighborhoods. Um, but it's like we can walk down the street with no problem. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't, you know, especially those of us who are not like in the gang culture, you know, or we don't, you know, you know, associate ourselves at all with that. It's like we don't worry about too much work walking down the street, you know, especially if you lived in your neighborhood for a long time. It's like because, you know, the people in that area. But it's like when you walk in a in a different neighborhood, you know, or I wouldn't even say you don't have a worry at all. Like, you know, you're you're aware of where you are. You know what I'm saying? You always going to be on guard. But when you go to like a Clayton or a Bridgeton or something or, you know, St. Charles and you're walking in that neighborhood, you have a I feel like sometimes there's a different type of awareness. Like you have to be aware of different things and, you know, afraid of different things that might happen. And that's kind of weird to me how that how that changes, you know, what I'm saying within a 30 minute radius. I affect me personally is like the police, uh, like the police system. So like in my neighborhood, 
it, it was like pretty quiet. You know, it's like a lot of old people around. We was like probably like the young kids on the block. So like a lot of the old heads used to kind of look out for us. We used to be able to walk around anywhere, you know what I'm saying, do anything we want. Um, but you know what I'm saying, like with the police, shit, the police always seen us, you know what I'm saying, they weren't messing with us. They was like, oh, okay, these just kids playing. But like, if I go to like a different neighborhood, like St. Anne or, you know what I'm saying? Just like a, a probably like a high volume white population neighborhood, the police will most likely stop us just on the beyond, you know what I'm saying? Just on the fact that like our skin color, figure out all oh, what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? Or probably try to be on some other stuff and try to really try to, um, you know, just be on some ignorant stuff towards us, just on the fact that we like, they feel like we shouldn't be in this neighborhood or we shouldn't belong over here type stuff. So it's just kind of weird to see like from my, you know what I'm saying, from that point of view of being in my own jurisdiction to another jurisdiction. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and for me, it's like when I lived in the city, you know, it was like, I'm going to tell you from my point of view from moving. So it was like loud, like you could hear cars or like just gunshots every night or it's just ambulances or police sirens and everything. And then when I moved out to O'Fallon uh, for a certain amount of time, it was so quiet like there. I don't know. It was just like it was like being in a city where it's loud and everything. And then moving to O'Fallon and it was just quietness. All it was was quiet and just like nothing really happened there. It was the the most that you would see is just like cars racing, you know, trying to show off their cars or whatever. That's it. But like other than that, it was just peaceful and quiet over there. And I, it took a little bit for me to get used to because I was so used to the sounds from the city and then going to quietness is just it's just different, you know. So yeah, absolutely. I can I can definitely agree with that. Me and Caleb used to live in uh, North City, and then we moved, and it was like normal. Like it's it was normal to like hear gunshots like every night. Like that was like a normal thing. So like if we didn't hear gunshots, that would be weird. It's kind of like we got like desensitized from it because that was like something normal. And then like where we move now, it's like we don't hear that. So if we do hear gunshots, it's like weird. A lot of us like had those experiences or lived in those like neighborhoods where that's a normal thing like gang violence gun violence like that's normal still like from living there we would like know how to like navigate like we would feel normal being there and then like when you go into a whole another area it's just like a new world to you and you gotta like find your way you know yeah it was like things that you could do in that neighborhood. Like in North City, it was like, it was totally different from the things that we we did in O'Fallon where we was at. Because like, North, like, yeah, it was bad and everything, but me and my friends used to be out all the time at night, just having fun, you know, until the street lights turn on and go inside. But then we went over to the nicer area. It was like, it wasn't, it was safe, but at the same time, it wasn't safe because of my skin, uh, skin tone because it was mostly white people. So when it was like nighttime, like you would not be out there cause like a black, a black young man out there, you know, mostly white neighborhood at night, just playing around, even though it could be like, just for fun. Like we used to play basketball at the park. And yeah, I remember that. Play basketball, yeah, we would, there was, there was always somebody calling the cops on us for playing basketball at night. So like, that's another thing. It's and like- mind just, you, it was like 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Yeah, and then it was just like, always making too much noise or whatever when we were just playing basketball. And it was 8 p.m. and I did not understand why they kept doing that. But yeah, that's just like so, just because you're in a nicer neighborhood, there's still, you still have to watch out for things like that. It's like, it's, 
safe, but it's not safe. Absolutely. So I want to ask a question too, you know, but considering the pros and the cons of both types of neighborhoods, which one would you say you prefer? And I know this is probably a far-fetched question, but I'm just curious to know which one would you all prefer and why? I prefer like a middle class, you know what I'm saying? Not too bad, you know what I'm saying? Not too many no, no nosy neighbors. Because like growing up, you know what I'm saying? Growing up in St. Louis, St. Louis is dangerous to a certain degree. But like now since I'm grown now, you know what I'm saying? Got daughters and stuff. So it's like I got to do what's best for my child, for, for my children. <laughs> so I just kind of pick something that's kind of in the middle where, you know what I'm saying? Got like probably like a good school district, you know what I'm saying? Not, you know, probably like the crime rate, not too high. You know what I'm saying? Not too many burglaries or robberies or gunshots. You know what I'm saying? Just to keep them safe and just have a peace of mind of, of you know, protecting them and myself. Absolutely. And I like how you like eliminated both options and like came up with like your own option. Like that was that was dope. Who else though? Um, I would say the uh the city because I like to see car races and stuff. I don't really get to see that in the county. And I can go to the park anytime I want and hang out in the stores. Basically, like the gas stations stay open all the time. Free, free. Yeah, walk there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would say that too. The city, the city stays open a, a little longer, well, way longer than the county, you know. Probably yeah. after like 10 or 11, everything is done, over with, in the house. There's no need for you to be outside anymore. You know, and to a certain degree, I, I can agree with that. You know, especially at a certain age, you really don't need to be out past like 11, 12. So I can see that. Um, anybody else? I just wanted to, I just wanted to give a comment. Like, I, I love how, I definitely love how uh, he gave a, a middle ground because a lot of people think the devil I know is better than the devil I don't know. So, you know what I'm saying? He elevated and basically um, thought of a, a way to counteract both. So that's not, that's the only uh, thing I had. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. That's why I pointed it out. Like, yeah, that was dope. Because um, I wasn't even thinking about a middle ground, to be honest. Hey, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for our Pick the City of Art interlude. Featuring a Story Stitcher's original piece called Wade Reprise off of Story Stitcher's latest album, The Why of My City. Go. Be you gon' go? Yeah, here I go. I just hope they understand me. They reckon they stacking up.
chillin' on top like a canopy Got my side on the enemy Telepress that damage and they like, oh, you offended me I mean, oh, do you mad at me? Line them up like assemblies and assemblies, assemblies Metaphors and imagery, you was scoring me mentally What we scoring me mentally, you was scoring them physically What we scoring them physically, be was all in the history I just had an epiphany I, I, I noticed the patterns, know when we say that we matter It doesn't mean no one else matters, know that we matter Know when the bar is too high, we the type that'll go get the ladder And if we fall off as we climb, then we'll come back and try again after If we can move forward with this, you for or against Rise and we shining just when you think you can forget Then the quest is the chorus again question that I wouldn't mind if everybody answered. You know, we see that St. Louis is a divided city. Um, actually, two questions. So the first question I'll ask is, how do you all think um, we could make more people aware of the division in in our city without being like aggressive or, you know, damaging people's property? Like, what are ways you all think we could spread awareness? You know, because there's, believe it or not, there, it, there are some people who either A, have been sheltered, and so they are absolutely unaware how divided our city is. They probably have some idea, but they're not woke as we say, um, or B, they, some people just don't want to accept the fact. So how do we reach those people who may be receptive to learning more about how divided our city is? How do we reach those people? You know, how do we talk to them? And then the second question would be, what can we do to make our city less divided? Um, I feel like we can do less divided if we get the roads fixed on the uh, the bad side where the roads messed up at. Yeah, I can I can agree with that too. Like not even just the roads, but just taking care of 
our stuff better. You know, having the resources or the money um, divided equally so that we can, you know, have that stuff done and call, you know, want to call our home home. Um, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. That's a good question. To be honest, I know a way that I, I think of going about that is uh, basically like mending the divide is one by repetition, like repetition of like speaking about it, talking about it, finding new ways to uh, finding new ways to get more people involved with it, like uh, through social media, through um, platforms that people are usually on through conversations with your with your friends your neighbors like like talking about those things that are uncomfortable i feel like that's gonna be a a beautiful way to mend that and also oh another way is as simple as uh uh, becoming successful coming successful to the point where you can add value to the you can come back and add value to the city and get and, and use those resources to uh basically multiply your influence on making that making that bridge between one side of the city and the other side of the city. Boom. I like that answer absolutely. I like that was um, the successful one too. That's that's something that when I talk to uh, more mature saints, people from St. Louis, um, you know, they talk about that too, how we can't be scared to come back to the to the city or give back, you know, in some type of way. So absolutely. And that's that's one of my goals too, is to definitely give back so yeah i love that i love what you said man yeah i like like for me for instance real estate that's gonna be a key way of me doing it and the things i'm already doing like that's a key way of you know what i'm saying giving back buying properties and 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 creating an environment where people can create their create their own neighborhood in such a way that they can have the things that they want in that area and spreading that influence out and i think it's also too about creating a new standard You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like some of our people or a lot of them have gotten used to living, you know, in poverty stricken areas and having this poor mentality. Of course, I don't think it's all on purpose. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I just think it's a, it's the sum of um, the circumstances that we've had to face, you know? And so I think by a new generation stepping up and setting new standards and shifting the paradigm for how we want our communities to look and how we want our communities to be ran, I think that'll be a very powerful thing too, you know, especially with like the real estate, you know? Now, if you have, have real estate, you have say-so over you know what you want to go on in this neighborhood where you bought you know 10 10 houses or uh units or something like that you know what i'm saying so yeah i definitely think that is a key a key way to do it so yeah who else um i said we got to start with the community first like where you live or where you grew up at you got to start with like rebuilding that first in my opinion every community is kind of like fixable in a way where if you start with the youth and work your way up once they are influenced, then it spreads. You know what I'm saying? Like you said with the social media, it spreads. It spreads like wildfire. Everybody's starting to get informed, get connected. And that raises, with the help of the adults around them, people that are supervising them, people that's pouring into them, then they work their way up to, you know what I'm saying, the ranks, you know, to the administrative uh, part of it, like the mayors, 
you know, so the governor, people like that, who pours into the adults, who pours back into the kids. So it's like the ending cycle in different communities. And it kind of brings all the communities together in a way if everybody stay on the same page and have that common goal. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's going to have to be some, you know what I'm saying, some people that's going to oppose your vision. And that's, you know what I'm saying, that's usual. When everybody sticks together and unify, it'll, you know what I'm saying, lessen that chance. Pretty much all I got. <laughs> that was dope. When you, when you was talking too, I was thinking like, yeah, like, absolutely. And I think some people have become in, impatient with this process, you know, of change. And some people have become impatient because, you know, they're getting older and they want to see results right away or they feel like they should have been seeing results. When it's like, well, we didn't we didn't get in this situation overnight. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's been decades and, you know what I'm saying, centuries of things systematically, you know, built up to get us to where we are now. So it's going to take us to even probably see a little bit of change. I would think at least 20 years. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, even with what you're saying, like, we need people that's going to pour into the youth, into the next generation so that they can then pour into their communities. Like, we need people that's going to be patient, that's going to sit down and play the game of chess. And I think it's just a game of checkers. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to, we need those people, like, you know what I'm saying, who has the wherewithal to, you know, keep going even when people oppose and even when things don't go as planned, you know, still have a plan for when things, you know, don't go as planned. And all of these are definitely good answers and I appreciate them all. Well, as y'all was talking, it just made, it just made so much sense now. Get it. So we've had so many years of this divide, this divide, not only a divide with money, a divide with information. Information, knowledge turns into money. So it's just that cycle. So the reason why it's so hard for us to mend the divide is because there's a lack of flow of information on one side and there's on the other side. So it's like this. It's like the good neighborhoods, the good schools, the, the, the charter schools and all those things, they have the information. Not only do they have the information, their parents have the information because they're successful. So they're teaching their children what a school doesn't teach them. On the other side with the, the neighborhoods, with the neighborhoods with people uh, that, that are poor, they don't have the information. They are teaching their children how to be poor because they don't know how to do anything else. Schools that they're in doesn't teach them how to be anything other than knowing how to do two plus two, four plus four, five plus five, and work a nine five job. So it's just that cycle completes. And I feel like in order to like bring it full circle, there's a there's new knowledge that needs to be introduced into these neighborhoods where where poor where poor and Poverty is a is a is a constant because that knowledge is what shifts your thinking and that thinking is what causes a new standard. Those questions. We wouldn't know to ask questions if we like you said earlier that people get too comfortable. People get too comfortable because they have they don't ask the right questions. They don't have the right knowledge. They don't have the right people surrounding them that's challenging them to think think more. Earlier when we was talking about them that environment. You see how uh the question was this environment over this environment. Um, one of the people said that, okay, I want to, I want to discard both environments. I'll create my own, a middle ground. That needs to be how we're thinking. We need to think about a middle ground. We need to think about, think in a new way so that this doesn't happen again. So that it's good on both sides. That wealth is distributed on both sides. And I feel like that's a big thing. Hey, I'm glad we just got all of that recorded though. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> that was, uh, I absolutely understand what you're saying, and I agree with it 100%. We absolutely need to think about a middle ground. You know what I'm saying? Like I said earlier, this is not an overnight game. Like, I feel like, you know, life, we're playing a game, and we really have to be strategic about it, especially when it's not just our lives that, like, you know, when I say our, I mean those who are in your circle. You know, it's not just our lives that we're trying to impact here. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to impact the whole city, and hopefully it has a ripple effect and impacts our nation. You know what I'm saying? Because this is not just a city a city problem, honestly. It's not just a, a divided St. Louis or a divided city. It's a divided nation at this moment. And uh, I'm not trying to go too much into politics, but, you know, as I'm saying, it just we have to be very strategic and we have to uh, think very wisely about, you know, our future decisions. And especially like all of us on this podcast or all of us in Story Stitchers or any person that's listening to this, especially a young person, because we are the future. And especially if you're in your 20s right now, like we we are up next, you know what I'm saying? And um, a lot of people are dependent on us. And that might sound like a lot of pressure, but it's the truth. I just don't want people to miss their calling because, you know, they're scared or you weren't prepared. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I agree. Anybody else have anything else they want to say or chime in? Yeah, um, I have a little thing to say, but, like, I agree with everything you guys are talking about. And I feel like, yeah, it does start with the community. But, like, the only thing is, it's like, I feel like people want change, right? But they just are too worried about themselves to like actually do something about it because like you could want change but at the end of the day you're still looking out for yourself like oh I have to make sure I'm right first and like oh I just have to be straight first or like just like you want to do the work but at the same time you don't know if it's going to benefit you and people are they are more for themselves and they aren't willing to like go that extra distance to like try to make it happen because like oh they don't know if it's going to work out for them or or they're too worried about themselves instead of worrying about oh their environment and just like trying to fix things for other people so like that's another thing I was just thinking about but yeah yeah, um, and we got to get those people out of there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Once it's just for themselves, because one thing being a Story Stitchers has taught me is that you're more powerful as a collective, as a group, than you are on your own. You know what I'm saying? And it made me look and think, especially when I like started working on my own music career outside of Story Stitchers, it still made me think like, okay, how can I tie this into story stitches? Like, how can I make this not only benefit me, but those who that are connected to me? You know what I'm saying? So, like, we need to get people out of there. Like, that's how I'm gonna if you if you only for yourself, you know what I'm saying? If you're being stingy with the resources and you know people who can benefit, and you just like you're trying to die with all your resources, it's not gonna work. We trying to get you out of there. I feel like it starts with individual and it start then it goes on to the individuals in a group and that group can affect a community that community can affect a city and it, and it and it just goes on from there but it starts I feel like it starts I read I read a lot of books it starts with an idea not only an idea but a commitment to see that idea through Martin Luther King had an idea he expressed the idea in such a way that everybody around him wanted to bring his idea to life so I feel like in order for 
for there to be change. This idea that this idea of a divided city and bringing it out of this dividedness, it needs to be an idea that it's like, it should be spoken with as much conviction as if those words would save your life. Because right now, like this, this can't stand anymore because it's not causing us to improve or be better as as a city. It's, it's actually making us very much worse. And as if there's one thing I value is growth, love and all these and, and all those beautiful things. But for that to happen, there needs to be a strong enough conviction to make change happen. But it starts with the person. Then it starts, then it ends up being with a group. And that group ends up infecting collectively other people. So I just feel like this is a very, like, this is a, a wonderful question, a wonderful discussion. It, it, I hope and I know it will go somewhere. Absolutely. And I hope those that those listening to this is um, that you all are encouraged, you know, what I'm saying to be the change that you want to see, no matter what that looks like. Hopefully it's positive, of course. But, you know, I hope you're taking the necessary steps, you know, and I think sometimes when we're when we have these big goals and we have these big aspirations, you know, we can get discouraged and thinking like, oh, I got to have this, this and this and this and this, you know, perfect right now. But it's like you don't take it one step at a time and somebody told me something that has been very influential for me in this season and that's to do not despise the small beginnings you know what I'm saying and that's just for everybody on this podcast and everybody listening to this podcast you know don't despise the small beginnings like I can I can honestly say Story Stitchers is, is a testament to that you know y'all been following Story Stitchers since we started we knew it was gonna be something but it's honestly becoming more than we probably could ever imagine so, you know, and it's we're, we're planning on, you know, doing bigger and better things for youth in our community, you know, to cater to our future um, politicians, doctors, nurses, artists, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to give them outlets, you know, to, to express themselves creatively and positively. So, you know, that's just all I wanted to say before we get off of here. I'm just happy uh, we have a platform to talk to other people that are youth about like topics like this, as well as like spreading the word. So we are doing, we are spreading information right now. So I think that's awesome that Story Stitchers has uh, Stitchcast. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, honestly, everybody, you all were wonderful. All your answers, all your input, all your perspectives were great. Again, thank you to everybody that listened, that tuned in to another episode of Stitchcast Studio. This was um, our Divided City podcast with our alumni podcasters. Um, And until next time, everybody, we thank you so much and have a wonderful week. Stitchcast Studio Session 2 in 2021 is sponsored by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund three-year grant from 2020 to 2022, Arts and Education Council PNC grant, and Lush Corporation's The Charity Pot. This episode of Stitchcast Studio Special Edition, The Divided City, is funded by the Divided City Initiative. The Divided City is a joint project of the Center for Humanities and the Sam Fox School, College of Architecture and urban design at Washington University in St. Louis. The Divided City is funded by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches. Story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.